All right, we've been, we have been going through this series called Neighborly. Can you look to your neighbor and say, Neighborly? Now look to your neighbor and say, won't you be my neighbor? Yes, won't you be my neighbor? Yeah, we've been kind of, <laughs> don't say it creepy, okay? Um, so we've been going through this series called Neighborly. And um, last week, we started the series and we talked about how the Apostle Paul, on his second missionary journey, uh, felt led. He felt led um, to go to Asia, and then he felt led to go to Bithynia. And when he decided to go to Asia, the, the Holy Spirit stopped him. And when he tried to go to Bithynia, the Holy Spirit stopped him. We kind of talked about the significance of um, being sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And we also talked about the significance of um, uh, God giving us the faith, just to, or asking God to give us the faith to trust in his plan. And so we're going to kind of continue along a similar uh, train of thought. And so today we're actually going to be, I'm going to be reading a little passage of scripture, a few verses, and then I'm just going to share some thoughts that I have from it. And hopefully it's um, able to minister to you and hopefully the spirit ministers, ministers to you this morning. And so if you have your Bibles, why don't you turn with me real quick to Acts chapter 8, verses 26 through 40 is where we're going to be at. And again, we're, we're, we're talking about the, um, the idea of being neighborly. And so, Acts chapter 8, verses 26 through 40. It says, Now an angel of the Lord uh, spoke to Philip, saying, Arise and go, toward, and go toward the south, along the road which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert. Can you look at your neighbor and say, desert? Now look to your neighbor and say, deserted place. Yeah, this is a desert. Actually, if you, my Bible has a little footnote there, and the footnote next to desert, if you look at that, it says deserted place. This is a desert. This is a deserted place. So he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority, under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all her treasury and had come to Jerusalem to, to worship, was returning. And sitting in his chariot, he was reading Isaiah the prophet. And then the spirit said to Philip, go near and overtake this chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, do you understand what you're reading? And he said, how can I understand unless someone guides me? And so he asked Philip to come up and sit with him. Uh, The place in scripture that he was reading was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter and as a lamb before his shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his, humiliation, he was, uh, in his humiliation, his justice was taken away. And who can declare his generation, for his life is taken from the earth? So the eunuch an- answered Philip and said, I ask you, of whom does the prophet say this? Of himself or of some other man? Isn't that, isn't that kind of crazy? So, so, so he, 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 Philip goes out to the desert. He, he, he meets this uh, Ethiopian eunuch. And this Ethiopian, Ethiopian happened to be reading a passage in Isaiah that was specifically speaking about Jesus. Isn't that crazy, like the coincidence and all that? So anyways, I, I just find that crazy. Uh, I ask you, of whom does the prophet say this, of himself or some other man? And then Philip opened his mouth and began at this scripture, preached Jesus to him. Now as they went down the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? This is like a perfect event. I mean, just perfect. Okay. Uh, And then Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. 
So he commanded the chariot to stand still, and both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and he baptized him. Now when they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord caught Philip away. So the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. But Philip was bound, uh, was found at Azotaz, and passing through, he preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. Let's pray real quick one more time. Father, I just pray that, again, that you'll make your word uh, just come alive to us this morning. Father, I pray that your truths, which are timeless, will speak to us this morning. Father, I pray that you'll be magnified and that you'll be glorified. Father, I pray that, man, that you will just do the work in our hearts. Father, I pray that you will um, refine us and that you will prune us and that you will speak to us this morning. Father, I pray that your spirit will motivate us and compel us. Father, I pray that we will, we will not be complacent, that we will not just sit in our comfort, but that you will speak to us and uh, minister to us in a very specific way this morning. However, however your spirit leads, Father, we're just, we're, just, we're just asking that you lead in your holy name. Amen. So I, I, I'm reading this passage of Scripture, and again, I'm thinking about neighborly, and I'm, I'm reading this passage of Scripture. And um, again, if, if you go back up to verse 26, it says, Now an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south along the road which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is desert. And again, there's a little footnote in my Bible. When I, when I look at it, the footnote says desert. It also says deserted place. Um, now, now, I think that's, that's kind of interesting, and I think that's kind of significant. This is an interesting and significant call by God, especially when you look at the context of the passage of Scripture. I mean, I, I think, again, if you think about the context for a moment, remember, I think when we study the Bible, it's very important for us to look at the context because I think the, the context drives the content. Do you agree with me this morning? You know, have you ever met someone that'll just pull a verse out of context and you're like, what are you talking about? So, so, so the context drives the content. And it, it's, it's easy sometimes when you read stories to compartmentalize the section titles. Anyone else? Like you just kind of read the section titles and you're like, oh, well, that's a sweet story. And then you move on. And you're like, oh, that's a sweet story. So it's easy for us to compartmentalize the section titles and view them as separate stories. But you have to look at the context and to enjoy the content you have to study the context, okay? And so if you go back to the very beginning of Acts chapter 8, you can see that there was this guy named Saul who was persecuting Christians. He was dragging off men and women, and he was throwing them in prison. In fact, the, the word that they use in my Bible for the persecution is great. Can you look at your neighbor and say, great persecution? Yeah, like great persecution was breaking out against the church. And it's interesting because really when you see, like throughout history and uh, throughout the Bible, when you see that persecution was breaking out. Um, when persecution broke out, a lot of times revival broke out afterwards, right? It was kind of weird. Like when persecution happened, slowly afterwards you start seeing the word of God just, you just move out. And so this persecution broke out and um, the, the word of God spread out. And um, we see in Acts chapter 8, verses 4 through 8, look what happens here. Therefore, those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. So persecution broke out. Paul's persecuting the church, dragging off men and women. He's throwing them in prison. He's, he's, he's a bad guy. And so because of this, uh, 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 those who were scattered 
just went out and started preaching the word. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. And the multitudes, uh, with one accord, heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits, crying out loud voices, came out of many who were possessed, and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed, and there was great joy in the city. So there's persecution that broke out. Philip, he goes to Samaria, and, and he goes to Samaria, and he isn't, he isn't, he isn't like hiding there. He isn't like uh, locking himself up in a room. And, you know, but, he, he, but, but it says that he, he goes there, and he's preaching the gospel. And the cool thing is, is while he's there, when he's preaching the gospel, the text says that the multitudes, with one accord, heeded the things that he spoke. So he goes to a new place. He goes to Samaria. There's persecution that breaks out. He goes to a new place. He goes to Samaria. And the multitudes, with one accord, heeded the things that he spoke. It says that unclean spirits were being driven out of people. It says that people were being healed. And there was, you know, sometimes you read about some of these places where Paul went, and it was like there was good things that were happened, and then the city got upset, and the city would, like, throw him out of the city. You read about that in, in, in Ephesus, when he went and ministered in Ephesus. Like, he went there, and he, uh, he, he did some things, and so people got mad, and a riot started, and they threw him out of the city. This isn't what happened in Samaria. When he went to Samaria, um, uh, the people listened. The people were healed. The people, um, like, uh, uh, unclean spirits were driven out of, uh, out of people. And it says that there was great joy in the city. Amen? So, so, so it's kind of cool. And, and then if you keep on reading, you see that not only was there great joy in the city, but also Peter and John learned of what was happening in Samaria. And they go into Samaria, and Peter and John um, start preaching the Holy Spirit to these people that had been converted, and, and people start receiving the Holy Spirit in Samaria. So I can imagine, I can, I can just imagine Philip thinking to himself, wow, this is awesome. I mean, could, could you imagine if... If, 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 if here on a Sunday morning, praise the Lord, it might happen, but Sunday morning, praise the Lord, if, 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 if we started, like the, the, the glory of the Lord fell and people started getting healed. Actually, we already have a healing, amen, praise the Lord, but people started getting healed. People um, started, like demons started getting cast out of people. Um, they send the, the, the general superintendent of the assemblies of God here to see what's happening. I mean, could you imagine, like, the great, um, like, I, could you imagine, so I, I, I can imagine, I, I would almost think that Philip would be thinking to himself, this is awesome. Like, like this is amazing. Uh, uh, people are getting saved, people are getting healed, people are getting filled with the Holy Spirit, with the Holy Ghost. Peter and John have come to see me. I am totally loving this, right? I mean, there was persecution that broke out. And I just, I, I, Philip, I'm the person, I, I went out and started preaching the, the message of the kingdom. I go, to the city, I go to the city of Samaria, and man, everything is just Everything is clicking. Everything, like the things that I'm saying, people are listening to. The Holy Spirit is moving. People are getting healed. You know, I, I could imagine Philip thinking, this is awesome. It's great. I've arrived. The ministry's happening. <laughs> Sarah, this is what I've been praying for, you know? Uh, Judy, I can't believe it. I mean, this is amazing. Like, like, this is what I have been hoping for all of this time. Like, God is moving in such a powerful way. And God is moving in such a powerful way 
that it's changing the city. It's not just changing my family. It's not just changing the church. But God is moving in such a way that it's changing the city. And the city is excited about it. The city is in joy. Like, like, like this is awesome. This is, man, this is every pastor's, evangelist's, minister's dream. This is awesome. This is amazing, the things that are happening in Samaria. And then, turn of events, God speaks. Philip. Philip. Hey, Philip. Hey, Philip. Philip. Listen, I. I want you to go to the desert. I want you to go to a deserted place. Philip, I want you, I, Philip, I, you know, I want you to go to the desert, Philip. Todd, I want you to go to the desert. Desert place is an abandoned, empty, treacherous, a place of no life type of place. I can, I can, I can almost imagine Philip's response. Whoa, 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 whoa. I, I mean, God, do you see what's happening here? People are being saved. People are being healed. People are getting filled with the Holy Ghost. Peter and John came to see me. I mean, why would you call me to go someplace, from someplace flourishing to someplace dead? And furthermore, why would you not even give me clear instructions? I mean, pretty much just, hey, I want, I want, like, 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 I want you to go to this road. Like, where, where on the road? Just go to the road. Did you, did you know that the road from Jerusalem to Gaza is like 50 miles? So I, I just want you to go to this road. I, I want you to just, I want you to go to this road, Philip. I sometimes wonder why God does that. Do you ever wonder why God does that? Like when God speaks, it seems like he, he rarely, hardly, I will say almost, he never almost gives us the full picture. It almost seems like when God speaks and God directs, he just kind of points you in a direction and then just tells you to go. Is that frustrating to anyone else? I mean, for me, it's frustrating because I'm like, okay, okay, God, 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 just, just lay it out for me. If you just lay it out for me, then I'll know exactly what I'm supposed to do. Okay, so if, if, if you tell me that I'm supposed to go to Down River and I'm supposed to minister at Taylor Christian Church and I'm supposed to be here for 100 years, and what, like, if you just tell me exactly what I'm supposed to do, but it seems that God just points us in a direction. So he speaks to Philip and he says, listen, Philip, Philip. I want you to go to the, to, to the desert road. I, I want you to go to 
the deserted place. And it's interesting because when you look at Philip's response, it says in verse 27 that he arose and went. He rose and went. He arose and went. And I, I don't know, when I, when I read that, it's, it's, first of all, I wonder to myself, like, am I willing to go? Are you willing to go? Like, that's, that's the first question I kind of wonder about. Like, am I, am I willing, am I, like, if, if, am, I, am I willing to go? Especially if I'm sitting in my comfort and I'm doing my stuff and I'm having fun, eating bonbon. Like, am I, am I willing to go? Like, I, I have a certain comfort to my life. I have certain things that I enjoy, but am I willing to go? The second thing I wonder, not only am I willing to go, am I willing to go, but, but also, am I listening to the Spirit? We talked about this a little bit last week, but am I listening to the Spirit? Because I think both of them are connected and they're, 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 inter, they're, 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 they're like woven together. I think going really requires us to listen to the Spirit. If, if you look at verse 26, it says, Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, if you look at verse 29, it says, and then the Spirit said to him. And then if you look at verse 39, and it says, the Spirit of the Lord carried him away. I wonder, I wonder, am I willing to go, and am I listening? I think some, some of us might be like Philip. I think that we are content, and we are happy, and I wonder... Are we willing to be inconvenienced for the gospel? I will also note that it's interesting that sometimes the places that seem the most impossible, the most improbable places, those are the places where God often calls us to go, where God is often sending us. And have you ever sat down and asked yourself, where is my desert place? Where's my desert place? Where's the spot where, and this, this, this might be a location, or this might even be a person. Where's my desert place? You know, a few months ago, I met with a, a missionary who was, um, he, uh, he, was looking to, um, he was looking for support, and I met him for lunch, and I was talking to him, and super cool, young, a young, a young man, and... Um, he was talking about how um, he felt the need, um, he felt like God had called him to um, Estonia. And because of his past, he, he said that he had been abused, and because of his past and because of the things that he learned about Estonia, man, he just felt a calling and a pull to Estonia. He, he was telling me that one of six Estonians ex- experience uh, sexual abuse before the age of 15, they have high depression and suicide rates, and that less than 10% of Estonians believe in God. And so as he, he, he was looking at, at, at his past, and he was looking at 
his desert place, and he realized that God was calling him to other desert places like what he had gone through himself. And I was thinking about this as I was getting this this message ready um, this week, and you know, maybe God isn't calling you across the globe, but maybe he is. Maybe he's calling you to a place like Estonia. Maybe he's calling you to a place like, I don't know, maybe he's calling you to be a missionary. But, but, but maybe he's calling you uh, simply to, to go across the room or to go across the, 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 the road. Maybe he's, just, he's calling you to a family member that doesn't know God. Maybe he's calling you to reach out to a neighbor who's in need. Maybe he's calling you to share your faith with someone at work. Maybe he's, he's calling you to, to reach out to someone in your community. And I'll I'll even take it a step farther than that. I think that every day it's a choice to see if we're willing to go into the desert, if we're willing to go into the desert place. I think every day is a choice between uh, whether we want to sit in our comfort or whether we want to step into our calling. Don't be complacent. Don't become too comfortable, but be willing to go and be willing to listen. You know, I'm talking about. I mean, some, sometimes I think it's. Sometimes, sometimes I think we're, we're terrible at listening. Like God could be speaking to us. And we're like, yeah, 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 whatever, whatever, whatever. Like God's knocking, knocking on the door of our heart. He's like, hey, 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 hey. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's like, it's like when, when my when my daughter says, hey, Dad, I want to go to Chick Fil A. Dad, I want to go to Chick Fil A. Dad, I want to go to Chick Fil A. Dad, I want to go. To, like she'd go to Chick Fil A every day if I let her. Dad, I want to go to Chick Fil A. Dad, I want to go to Chick Fil A. And, and it would be like, I wonder what my daughter wants to do today. She wants to go to Chick Fil A, right? But I'm just not even listening to her. Like sometimes God is knocking on the door of our heart and He's speaking and He's ministering, and we're not even listening. We're like, oh yeah, yeah, sure, 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 sure. You know, you guys know what I'm talking about today. Like so, so the first step is we have to be in tune with the Spirit. Philip wasn't like you see that he he listened to the Lord speak. He listened to the Lord speak. He listened to the Lord speak. If we're not even listening to the Lord speak, okay, whatever. But once we listen, once we hear, then we have to be obedient. We have to go. When Jesus was speaking to his disciples, he said, he said this. He said, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. He said, ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out his workers into his harvest field, Sometimes we stop there, but if we keep on reading, it says, he says, therefore, go, because I'm sending you out like lambs among wolves. When Jesus spoke to his disciples as he was going into heaven in the Great Commission, he says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and surely I'll be with you always, even to the very end of the age. Like, like, like we have to listen, but then we have to be, have to be obedient, we have to go. Philip was called to a desert place. He listened, and then he went. Again, I wonder, I wonder, is there someone, is there some place that the Spirit is putting on your heart this morning? Is there someone that the Spirit is placing on your heart this morning? Is there someone where you, you, you know them and they're just, man, they, they, are, they are dead inside. There's someone, when you look at them, you just know, man, they have no hope, they have no life, they have no joy. They, like, you look at them and you just know that you know that you know. I wonder where God is calling us today.
Are we listening? And then are we willing to be obedient? Hmm. It's easy to listen. But are we, are we, are we being obedient? Are we listening? And are we being obedient? The Lord called him to a desert place. But another thing that stands out to me so much from this passage of Scripture is that Philip went into the wilderness, into the desert, for one person. One person. Just one person. I mean, think about it for a minute. He's in Samaria, and the multitudes are listening. He's in Samaria, and good things are happening in Samaria. Unclean spirits are being driven out of people. Lots of people are being healed. Peter and John come down to Samaria. The multitudes, the city is transformed, right? And God called him away from the multitudes for one person in the desert. Does that make any sense? Like, don't, don't you feel like Philip the evangelist, who's like a, one of the original seven deacons of the church, who is the man trained, filled with the Holy Spirit. If I was the Lord, I'd be like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to put you in the most populated area ever. And you are going to be my man. You're going to be reaching out to people. You're going to be healing people. You're going to be transforming people. You're going to be doing my word, Philip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's what I would think. But God took him away from the multitudes for the one. One man in a deserted location. You know, sometimes, I don't know, sometimes, maybe I overanalyze things in my life. But I, I feel like maybe there have been times in my life when looking back, I realized that God had called me to a place for one person. You know what I mean? It's like, I remember, I've shared a little bit of the story before, but my, my wife and I were ministering at a church in Missouri, and we were there, and we came in, uh, the previous pastor had a, um, the previous youth pastor had a moral failure, and so we go in, and it was, it was really tough, 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 tough ministry. It was like, it was like plowing a field with a spoon. It was almost impossible, and we were, we were there, and it was really difficult, and um, there were a brother and a sister that were there that um, they, they were really skittish. Um, they came on Sunday mornings. We had youth group on Wednesdays. They didn't come to Wednesday night church um, at the beginning. They were really skittish. And so we'd, you know, we'd have, uh, we had Sunday school back in the day. We had Sunday school. They'd come to Sunday school, and then they'd leave. And uh, so we just kind of got to know them more, and we began to talk to them more, and we began to open up our home to them more. And eventually, 
these two kids um, ended up uh, becoming like coming up becoming a part of the, coming to youth group on Wednesday nights, and so they're coming on Sunday morning and Wednesday nights. And then we ended up getting them connected with our little worship team, so they started doing the worship team stuff. And um, the the, uh, the mother eventually ended up coming to church, and it was like it was really cool. It was it was really neat. But um, the more that I look back at that time, and again, maybe I'm over spiritualizing this. And I told Aaron this as well. I said, I think God called us there. I mean, we minister to, to a lot of people. But I think God called us there specifically to minister to these two kids. Because when they graduated, our time suddenly was over. And um, I don't know. It's weird how God works. And it's weird sometimes how he, he cares so much for the one. I mean, he, he, cares, he, cares for the, he cares for the multitudes. He cares for the people. He cares for the cities. He cares for the nations. And people who say that have not read their Bible. He cares for the cities. He cares for the nation, right? But God also has a very strong, intense desire for the one. He has a strong, intense desire for the prodigal. He has a strong, intense desire for that one lost sheep. You know what I'm talking about this morning? And he orchestrated this entire thing. He pulled this amazing evangelist out of the city of Samaria where revival was happening so he could reach the one. And I think sometimes when when we go and we try to do our events at church and when we go and we try to do all of our crazy things and we're like, yes, the, the multitudes. But I think we have to start kind of reevaluating things a little bit, right? It's about reaching the one. It's about reaching the prodigal, the lost, the hurting, the broken. It's about reaching the one. And if the worship man could come back up real quick. <laughs> Let's give him another hand. Thank you, Nate. Are you willing to go? And are you willing to listen? Are you willing to go, if it, even if it means going to a desert place, for one person, there's no, there's no prestige, there's no lights, there's no camera, there's no Peter and John, there's no general superintendent of the assemblies of God looking down. Are you willing to go for the one person in the desert place, in the deserted place? That, 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 that desert place, again, that might be a location that God is calling to you, you to this morning, or that desert place might just have a face to it this morning. Might be a location, might be a, might be a face. But are you willing to go and are you willing to listen? Are you willing to be inconvenienced? Are you willing to set aside self? Are you willing to set aside pride? Maybe he's calling you to a family member. Maybe he's calling you to a neighbor in need. Maybe he's calling you to someone at work. Maybe he's calling you to reach a community or a people group. Are you willing to go and are you willing to listen?
Father, just continue to speak to us this morning, Father. I just pray that we will be obedient to your call. We know in Scripture it says that we are to love the Lord our God with all of our uh, soul, mind, and strength, and we are to love our neighbor as ourselves, Father. And I just pray that you will equip us to be neighborly, that we will go and that we will listen, that we will be led by your Spirit, and that we will be um, instruments and vessels for your kingdom, Father. I pray that um, just as we sing this song, song one last time, that you'll be glorified and magnified.